This is the King and Badger Show as part of the Monmouth Digital Network. And now, here are your hosts, Coach King Rice and Gary the Badger Kowal. Yeah, the ones that hate me the most look just like me. You tell me Coach, I love when this song comes on. I feel like your mood instantly changes. Whatever, whatever mood you're in, you automatically hit a good point when this song comes on. Well, that's because Chris Schifano, who works for us, is is boys with him. At least that's what Chris says. Yeah. You know, I'm him, to him and Jack Harlow are boys, so that song comes on. I'm starting to feel like I know Jack Harlow all of a sudden, but hopefully Schifano was being honest, saying that, you know, they were friends or he knew him or he used to see him sometimes, and he wasn't just stalking Jack Harlow. Right, oh, yeah, you oh. never know. You know, because Schifano does stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, he, he stalks me sometimes to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. It's all in the job, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that was under <laughs> job description number one. Stalk Other Coach duties Rice. as assigned. <laughs> uh, happy to be back for another episode of the King of Badger podcast here. Um, going to get into some, some stuff with Coach Rice today. Uh, basketball related, non-basketball related, a lot going on around here. Um, like to get into the CAA a little bit. Uh Go into last weekend's games, go into this coming weekend's games. Um, and I'm sure we'll vary off into some other topics throughout that as well. But, uh, Coach, I guess lead it off with last weekend. Friday night, Canisius, Spoon comes to town. I know one of your close friends. Um, really a, a tough, good college basketball game that we end up, uh, George hit the three late. We end up getting some big stops. Um, kind of a good, gritty win for us on Friday night, I would think. Well, you definitely hit it on the head, Badge. You know, Reggie's a good friend of mine. Um, he coached some of my high school teammates. Um, just who he is as a man, like everything about him. I, I look up to him. When he first got in the league, we had some great conversations. He reminded me just how long our friendship has gone has gone back. And, uh, you know, and then we had the – the storm coming, so it was like, uh-oh, I hope Canisius is not bringing a storm in here and they're going to whoop on us. But Reg has, has gotten them playing good ball right now, and that's the thing with our league. I think the teams are, are very close. Every team is very close. Iona's separating themselves a little bit, maybe even St. Peter's. But knowing Reg coming in here, after we already played them up there and they, they outplayed us in the second half, so and then you watch them. They they beat St. Peter's. They've had some good wins. So you you know they're playing better ball. And the style they play, if they get a lead on you, it starts working even more. Okay, because they're five out. There's all these different cuts. They they set you up and get everybody on one side of the floor, and then they can get you. So it's he's just really a good coach. And we were very fortunate. Um, I thought Canisius played harder than us, so I was, I was down even though we won. Um, because as the coach, you want to play well. Also, you you don't want to see the same mistakes over and over and over. And I thought the the key was at the start of the game, Canisius played harder than us. That l- let them get into their style of game, and it took us a minute to get going. Fortunately for us, we were able to get it going enough just to get that win. Interesting for me from the spot that I sit on on the sideline there, um, which some people in the arena might see, some people might not, but when you compete against guys that you consider your friends, and we all know the guys in the league and some guys out of the league that, that you consider friends, Coach Baggett, Spoon, Steve Masiello, sometimes there's a good little back and forth between you guys, uh, whether it's talking about the game, talking about play calls, talking about 
unfortunately, sometimes the officials, any stuff like that. Uh, I think it's really cool to see just the relationship you guys have, even in a four-point game with a couple minutes left, tight game, one-possession game. You're still able to, to have a laugh and, and make a joke and, and communicate with those guys on the sideline because at the end of the day, you're all in this coaching business together. I think that's a pretty cool thing to, to watch you do. No, and everybody doesn't do that, you know, but we truly are friends. And, and what you find the longer you do this, it's hard to play against your friends, okay? It's hard to play against people you're close with because both of you want to win so badly and you, you almost do anything to win and then you have your friend down the other end, okay? And, and you both feel the same way. And if one of, you know, one of us is going to win, the other one's going to lose. And then that might put some heat on your friend, you know? So it, it is a funny thing. And, you know, we are close. And I watch Reg's games closely. And usually, you know, Reg, Reg is, is an older guy. He keeps his cool, like, I admire him for that. And during our game, I looked down, and he was all out on the court, and he was yelling, and I looked down, and I said, man, Reg looking like me. Reg acting how I do. Come on, Reg, don't do that. Not right now. <laughs> and, you know, he gets a kick out of it because he says, King, you know what, man? You might wear it on your sleeve. You get it out. You say it. Everybody, you know, might have an opinion if you should say it or not. But, King, I bet you you go home. And you sleep well at night. He was like, you sleep well because you got it all off you. You're not going to carry it. He was like, what happens with me? I'm calm and cool on the sideline. I don't get it out. The ref makes bad calls. I don't say anything. I'm mad just as mad as you are. But I don't say anything. I keep my cool. And then I get home and it all comes out. And my wife and my daughter are like, man, you need to do it more like King and get it out. Because I know when he gets home, he's probably enjoying his family. And you have to understand that we do this as our job and we love to do it and we get after it and we're competitive. Okay. But I'm also a dad. Okay. I, I'm, I'm also a husband. I do have a mom, you know, she's watching, you know, so you, you don't want to embarrass anybody, but it's a, it's a high stakes job, you know, and, and it's very public, you know, other people make a mistake in their jobs Nobody knows, you know, you know, you get reprimanded by your boss. Nobody knows. You just come back to work the next day and you sit down and you do everything you're supposed to do. And nobody's talking about it. And in these public jobs and I chose it. So there's, this isn't a complaint, but it's, it's very public. You know, I make a mistake. It hurts a lot of people. Okay. And it's just a game though. It's a game. <laughs> But if I make a wrong call or something happens that, that someone could say, well, he didn't do his job right, well, now everybody has different feelings because now they got to go to work and their friends are going to pick on them because their college team lost and they're going to laugh at them. So now everybody's like, well, he isn't doing his job well enough. And it's like, well, guys, I, I'm working hard at my job. I have a great boss. We're close. When I make mistakes on and off the floor, they come and tell me, and then I fix them quickly, um, and then I get right back to work because I know what my job is, and I'm here to obviously help kids grow up, help them do great in school, but I'm here to win basketball games, all right? And that's what I'm here to do, and I fight to get that done. I'm always going to fight. I'm competitive, and I'm going to get after it to get the win. After you don't get the win, 
you got to keep your cool. Sometimes I probably should wait before I do the interviews. Um, you always help me with that badge. And, and Scombs is always saying, hey, you good, coach? You good? Especially when it's hot because y'all know what my job is too. And y'all don't want me to get out there and get going and get going and do something that's going to hurt all of us. So y'all try to work with me too. And I say all that to say that I'm, I'm going to try to win every basketball game while the game is on how I think the best way to win it. After, you got to keep your cool. My kids got to keep their cool. Um, we got the win on Friday night. Um, this league, a lot of guys are the same size. We all know each other. It gets physical. The Max a known tough guy league. Um, and then a lot of things are getting set. All, both, every team needs to keep their cool. Okay, we are college athletes. We're not boxers. We're not MMA. Um, we're not supposed to fight each other. You can be aggressive and not get over aggressive and start something something stupid. And if somebody else does something stupid, and it's hard to do, but you have to walk away. Okay, and our guys get held to a higher standard because they are all, they represent Monmouth University. So if they're just regular students and they don't walk away, it's you don't hear about it. But our guys, and it, it's it's a, always a teaching situation in everything that happens. You always can teach because these guys are young, young men. And I think to parlay on that point before we get into the Niagara game, you've been so demonstrative throughout your career here of going through your experiences of things that you may have done wrong, you've been in trouble for in the past, how hard is it for you to watch younger guys maybe make the same mistakes as you when you could sit there and tell them this is what's going to happen if you do this? Uh, this is going to be the consequence of your actions because you've literally been in that situation. Is that hard for you to watch? And, and is that does that increase your message a little bit? That's the hardest thing, Batch. And and I, I try to share, okay? And when you share these things, it, it seems to help people that are dealing with things that you dealt with. And I've always been that guy to be honest about it. I've never been embarrassed about the things. When they happened, I was embarrassed. Right then when I did it, about two minutes after, you're embarrassed. Um, and then you have to grow, you know. So I tell all these stories for these guys. And I think sometimes they feel like, oh, this is just coach talking. Okay. And I don't tell these stories for me. I already know what happened. I know the, the start of them. I know the middle. I know where my head was at, all these things. I tell them to, to try to get them to understand how fortunate I am that those things happened and I still get this chance. And I spoke to some of our guys this morning and just let them know if, if I didn't play for Dean Smith, this wouldn't have happened. Okay, he was the most powerful man in college basketball when I played for him. So when he said this kid is a good kid, he's making some mistakes, that that gave me the chance right there. People said, oh, okay, because Coach Smith would never keep him if he's a bad guy. You had to believe Coach Smith. Okay, and that gives me a, a chance, and then I've run with the chance. And Dr. McNeil has told me a hundred times, King, stop apologizing about that stuff. You already did that. Okay, you, you, you've paid for that already. Okay, but I just, I want people to know and I want kids to know, guys, if you do these things, don't expect to come back as, as the way I did. 
okay? Because I had a powerful person in my corner. I don't have Coach Smith's power, okay? I will not be able to get you all the way back. And then I also tell them they might pile my stuff on top of you. And I've always told my sons that too. If you do something, then my stuff's getting piled on you too. It's not, And that's not fair to my sons. But if Alexander does anything wild, they're going to be like, well, he's just like his daddy. Yeah, he didn't do that. I did these things. Alexander didn't. My players didn't. I did those things when I was younger. These guys didn't. Okay? And we're still in the process of teaching all of these lessons. And just like when you have your own kids, you don't teach the lesson once. I, I told him not to do it. Well, you better tell him again tomorrow and to the next day and the next day. And they're still going to do it. And then after they do it and get in trouble, what are you going to do? Well, when it's your own son, you keep working with him. You keep working with him and you keep working with him. Well, in this situation, these guys are my son. So I'm going to keep working with him even though I don't like some of the things that happen, okay? And I, I, I explained to them, guys, we have to carry ourselves the right way all the time. And I know it's hard, and everybody doesn't have to do it, and it's not fair, but we have to do this. We represent a lot of people, and you have to do it. And when you make a mistake, people are coming to get you. So I hope you're quick to say sorry when you make a mistake. We have great young men in this program, and – we're going to continue to teach them. Teaching point, and we said we'll get to the Niagara game. After the Niagara game, I'm talking to their kids, trying to get them to keep their cool too because a lot of things were being said on the court. And what kids don't understand, because then they say, well, Coach, man, they were these people were saying stuff about my family. Well, that's going to get a certain response, okay, especially the kids that are playing basketball in the MAC. You're going to get a response if you talk about their families, okay? It's just what it is. But when you respond, everybody got their camera on. Everybody didn't have their camera on when they was talking about your mother. Now all they're seeing is you acting a fool. And when I talked to a couple of them, they stopped soon as I started talking. That's why I know they're just all kids. Because if you're really, really, really a guy and someone gets in there to talk to you, you don't stop and start listening. <laughs> so they have great kids too. But they're competitive and some things got said and everybody wants to be tough. No one wants to take a step backwards. And then things get funny. But it was a teaching lesson for two of their young men too. And, I, and Greg thanked me after. Okay, and it's like, guys, well, well, you guys were saying, well, guys, so we're mad about some stuff that was said a month ago. We're college basketball players, guys. We're, not, we're worried about uh, some stuff that was said off the court a month ago. Come on. I surprise you beat us if you're worried about that. You know <laughs> what I mean? It, it's just, but it's teaching, it's teaching, it's teaching. And I, like I said, Greg was thanked me because I could say it in a way that those kids understood exactly what I was talking about. And I told him, this is how I used to do, okay? And it takes you longer to dig yourself out the hole that the film is going to put you in. Right. The film don't lie. You're going to be the one that's talked bad about, and you're not even going to get to tell everybody. But they were talking about my mother. No one's going to ask you. Nobody saw that. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> they just saw you 
a college athlete on scholarship wilding out. That's all they saw. And that made it 10 times worse because then they go, well, he gets to go to school for free. He gets everything that I'm in. Why would he act like that? Well, people that are famous and rich act crazy too. Okay, like, I don't, I don't know why most. we hold these kids to a higher standard than any other kid. You know what I mean? You you work with them. You pray for them. Okay? Uh, I had, uh, I thank people in my town all the time. From Binghamton, New York, I see the ladies from when I was young that was at church and praying all the time. There was the church ladies. Meeks calls his mom that. Mom, Meeks' mom is a church lady. Okay? The people in Binghamton were praying for me so hard when I left home because a lot of people didn't get to leave home. So all those people were praying for me daily, daily, daily. And when I get to see them now, I just go up and I hug them and I thank them because you don't make it through if if you didn't have everybody trying to teach you. And even when you made a mistake, people putting their arms around you and saying, hey, man, we here with you. We, we Come on, King, don't do these types of things. You're better than that. Those are the prayers that all these kids need. And when they make bad choices, they still need mentors. They still need mentors. They probably need them the most then. And uh, that's what we try to do here, not just for my kids, but for the other teams, for coaches, whoever it is. We all need somebody in our corner. And I try to be that for people. can easily see, based on how the game went, why – Top all that onto the fact that it was a really close, tight college basketball game. You can see why we got to, to where we got to. But uh, I want to get into the game a little bit. Uh, we resilient. Obviously not our best afternoon, but down 14 in the first half, came back. Down 16 in the second half, came back. Forced overtime. Took a lead in overtime. Uh, obviously, Niagara hits the shot with eight or nine seconds left to win the game. Uh, and I didn't have a timeout left. <laughs> timeout. I didn't have one left. Timeout. Wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. I should have saved all nine of them, and then I would have had a whole bunch of plays to run at the end. But sometimes sometimes that's just how it goes, man. Right. And I always got them, and now at the end I needed one this time. And, you know, because we weren't looking like ourselves. All right? That's the reason I, I'll, I'll let things go when – we're being chumps. We're not, you know, we ain't looking like ourselves. I'm, I'm going to get to us and, and try to get it going in a different direction. But, you know, then a kid calls a timeout because we were a little nervous to throw the ball in when the kid's open, and now you don't got one. And you got to be careful with that, you know. And I beat myself up on all these things because I'm the coach, you know. If I had a timeout, we know what we're going to do, and we come out and do it. And even though we had a couple chances at the rim, we would have got a cleaner look. What did you see uh, X's and O's wise defensively on that on that last possession there? I know we didn't do what we were taught the whole time that we've been taught for years. Well, that's what it is. Then. Okay, no, answer. and it and it just and it was a whole bunch of guys though, so it's not. Right. It wasn't one kid made no. a mistake, no. and that's what I explained to these guys. It's not one play ever. Fans can say, well, he didn't this, he didn't that, because they don't know what they're talking about. All right, we missed a whole bunch of free throws. We lost by one. We missed 12 free throws. Make two of those, we win. Right. Okay, this morning I'm sitting with Walker, and we're talking, and Walker 
thinks it's his fault because he missed two jump hooks that he should make all the time. Okay? It, 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 it's not one play. And the game is long. So a lot of things can go on. We didn't come to that floor with the right energy to play Niagara. Okay? Everybody has to understand, and I haven't figured out why yet because we haven't won the MAC tournament. But all the teams act like we're the team to beat. Okay? And maybe because they can't get Iona right now, so they celebrate when they beat us. But we have some major celebrations when teams beat us. You know what I mean? So that should tell you you have to come ready. And then Marcus hasn't played well against us in like four or five games. Well, he's the top scorer in the league. What you think he's going to do? You think he isn't tired of hearing from Ray that George locked him up? Okay, <laughs> so he's coming extra. And we think, oh, we locked him up last time. It's all good. Well, human nature is a hard thing. And when you're having success, in general, people don't listen as well. And in this game, after we got down, okay, we made the comeback. That was Mammoth basketball. We didn't look like that the whole day until them last eight minutes, and we had them looking like they never played before. But that's how we looked the whole 26 minutes. Okay? Well, that to me, those are those things. I don't, I'm not accepting that. Why is someone trying harder than us? Oh, because we lucked up and won the game before on Friday, so now we think we're all good. We don't have to try harder than the next group. No, the number one thing is try hard. Number two is talk to each other. We didn't do those things. Right there, you're going to lose the game. You don't deserve to win. Okay, and I've, I've said it. We're not all the way back connected like we were. It's just what happens sometimes. And that break, and we're getting closer. We're getting closer to it. And hopefully today we're going to have a hard, some hard conversations and some things are going to get said. Some feelings are going to be hurt. But they're the things that need to be said within our team so we can get even closer back to playing our high-level basketball. I want to flip things over a little bit. Big news out of the department last week, obviously, um, which everybody knows by now, I think, is that we have accepted an invitation as a department to join, woo woo! join the CAA. I know woo you spoke woo! on it. You were excited about it. Everybody is excited about it. It's awesome. Um, how big is it for you to all of a sudden you're, you're a coach in the CAA? First off, can we, can I just call it the CAA? All right. How do you say the, the what, what does the CAA stand for? The Colonial Athletic Association. See, I, my tongue be sticking when I say colonial. <laughs> like, I, so I, like I, that's why I just say CAA. <laughs> and I don't want to mess it up. Then Joey D going to be mad at me before we even get started. <laughs> But, Joey, that's just because my tongue. I used to take speech when I was younger. All right? I haven't taken any speech classes lately, and my tongue gets heavy sometimes. So I'm just going to rock with the CAA. I'm good with um, that. I got a call from uh, Pat Scurry. All right? Pat texted me. He thought it was great that we're coming to the league. Um, Pat got his job at Towson right when I got the job here. He and I sat on some panels. We were longtime assistants wondering if we'd ever get a chance and we both get our jobs the same year. Um, so he's he's been good to me over the years. Um, we've played each other a few times. Um, so that was cool that someone that's been in that league that long reached out like that. Um, Rick Cole, that used to be at Iona, that's now at Hofstra. 
he reached out and just said that he thought Monmouth is perfect for their league. Um, the deputy commissioner reached out to me. I haven't called him back yet because we lost some games and I <laughs> just haven't gotten to that yet. But um, it really feels great. It, it feels great because I, I felt a sense of Monmouth pride across the board, just seeing all the other coaches that I'm close to here right now at Monmouth be this excited to see the students and the athletes to be super excited, especially the athletes, um, was really, really cool. And then I think the alums, okay, the people who have come before me, that when it was Monmouth College and, you know, they, were, they had these dreams of being this great university, there was some pride in that. And you could feel it. You could feel the people that came before me feeling like, man, we lifted this thing up to where we thought it could go. And we still have some more lifting to do. We all can still do better. But if you just take the last 60 years and you say, okay, over the next 60, Mammoth is going to do the same type of jumps, that that could be incredible, you know, and that everyone that had that played a part in it. I don't even know a lot of the people, you know, the, who was the president back then and just the people that – really saw something in what was happening right here. That sense of pride, I could feel it from people. And just looking on Twitter and, and seeing a lot of people say, this is incredible for Monmouth University. So being the basketball coach, I get to be the one that gets to live in all this, this awesomeness that Monmouth has created. And, uh, you know, I, I don't take that lightly. Um, that's why I try to carry myself the right way and make sure that I'm doing things right by Monmouth University because it's been so good to me and keeps putting us in better situations, and I'm just thankful for that. One of the cool things to me when you talk, talk about all these generations is obviously a lot of our current coaches, current student-athletes, were able to go to the press conference last week. But I look up in the stands and I see Coach Callaway and Mr. Cornergay, Ron Cornergay, sitting next to each other at the press conference and that really brings it all together. You talked about the last 60 years. Coach Cornegay is kind of the, the architect of all of this after after Coach Boylan, played for Coach Boylan, now all the way to here, and, and Mr. Cornegay is at the press conference. We're announcing going to the CAA. I know he's at practice usually once or twice a week. I think that really speaks to your point of where we've come from. Mr. Cornegay didn't even play Division One when he was here, and now we're going to the CAA. I think that just really speaks to your point of how it's come full circle. And it's, you know, when you say those two men right there, the men that they are. Right. Okay, Mr. Cornegay, uh, I've been here 11 years now. I don't think I've ever seen him not smiling. And, and I've been to some funerals with him. I, I've He's just such a good man, and he always takes care of everybody. Okay, I went to his son's funeral. He was taking care of me at that. Okay, just who he is as a man is incredible. And with Dave... You know, I've said this numerous times, what Dave has done here and what he meant to this program. I don't know if there'll ever be someone like that again, you know, who grew up here, played here, got super busy here, broke records here, became assistant coach here, became the head coach here, won like crazy, only coached the lead to the tournament, right? I mean, and he's there at our press conference. You know, and that he and I have this relationship that I told people when I first got here, if we're the same age, <laughs> we're married the same amount of years, 
He has an older son that's 21. I got an older son that's 21. He got a 10-year-old. I got a 10-year-old. He used to like to go around and have fun. I think I created fun. <laughs> so when me and him was 20, <laughs> we probably would have had some fun. Okay, we probably would have been boys. We probably would have been balling all over the Jersey Shore. Or he would have been in the Empire State Games. Okay, we would have been friends before any of this. And now that we, I get to sit in this seat, one that he helped lift up to the highest levels, and we're cool. You know, I, I, that says a lot about who he is. And, you know, because a lot of times the coach that follows someone, they, they don't get to where Dave and I got to. And I, I think that's important. I think that's important for our players. I think it's important for the former guys to understand, man, this is all Monmouth, all right? And we should all be all hands on deck to make Monmouth the best that we can make it. I trust that that's what Dave does all the time. That's what I'm trying to do. You know Mr. Cornegay's been doing that. And I think that's what makes Monmouth special. Every place doesn't have that. We have that. You know, and then you have big time alums that come back and say what Miles said. Miles Austin got on and said him and his wife talked about going to the CAA. Let's go. You know, when people really sign up to do that, they want to come back. I saw something with Bryce Wasserman on some one of the tweets. You know, those people were big time folks that did everything you could possibly do, made it to the pros, great students, handled their business. Miles comes back and finishes. That just says how special this place is to people. And we're just trying to keep doing our part, lifting it up and making it that place. I thought you made a really good point when you met with the media the day of, of the CAA announcement. Uh, it's really easy to play Hofstra one-off and prepare for them, and play Towson one-off and prepare for them in a non-conference game. It's a lot more difficult when you're playing a CAA team every single night after the new year, after a league play starts. Uh, what does that challenge you think like to you, the difference between playing a Hofstra and a Towson in the non-league versus having every team in your league be like that? You know, uh, hopefully the, the the COVID thing is over so we won't we won't have like Friday, Sunday, <laughs> Tuesday, and it's Hofstra, Towson, and Delaware. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that might not be a good look. But I always talk to, to people and um, about being in the SEC for football. Okay, and everybody can say, oh, at the end, SEC teams lose in the bowl games. And, yeah, because anybody could beat you in one night. Anybody. But if you open up at LSU, and then you got Georgia at your place, and then you got to go to Ole Miss, and then you got Mississippi State at home, and then you got to go to Florida and Alabama, you're not winning a championship. Okay, because those games in a row, I don't care how good you are, you're dropping some. Okay, well, that's how it is where we're going. Okay, we can beat any team in that league one time if we're at Monmouth in this league and they're in that league. But when you have to go every single time, it's going to be it's a heavy lift for us. You know, we, we have to have a great summer conditioning. We have to have a great summer in the weight room. We you know, because it's a bigger, stronger athlete on a regular basis. And we could probably be one of the better teams in that league this year. You know what I mean? But each year it's going to be a challenge. Um, right now we have a bunch of older guys. Next year we're going to have some younger guys that haven't had a lot of opportunity to do it in the games. 
well, they'll be ready, but it's going to be a heavy lift. And, you know, I love these types of challenges. You know, it was a heavy lift when we went from the NEC to the MAC. This one, I think, is even bigger. Um, but we're ready for it now. You know, our program is in a spot where we can go into this league and show people we belong. And I think that's what we did when we went to the MAC. And then in a year or two, we were right up towards the top. And I think that will be similar to what could happen in the CAA. What can you What can you take away from the fact that you have done this before? You've gone from the NEC to the MAC. What can you take away from what you did and didn't do the last time that might help you moving to a new league here? Whether it be in recruiting, whether it be in strength and conditioning, whether it be in any of the scheduling, uh, you know, any of those areas. What can you take away from the last jump to using this jump? Well, I think, uh, you know, you move up to the CAA. I think our buy games, you, you don't do as many, maybe. Um, I think you might buy some teams. You might buy a couple teams to come and play you. Um, but a couple of things, and, and I, I heard this from Coach Patino's assistants, okay? When you make a big jump like this, I think one of the things that we don't talk enough about is we got to make sure our athletes are eating the right food. Okay. Our training table got to go way up right now. Soon as we're making this jump, it, it can't be the exact the same. And I say, coach Patino told us this. Cause when I walked out and saw Iona's kids, I was like, all right, man, <laughs> what's going on? We lifted crazy this summer, hard as we've ever lifted. And their guys look bigger than our guys. What is going on? Like, he ain't even been there, man. I don't know. I'm not understanding this. And the assistant told me, said, yo, King, when Coach P got here, he, he changed the whole school's food plan. The whole school's on a different food plan now. I don't know if they switched companies. I don't know what happened, but Coach P got Iona to change their whole food system. Well, now these guys are eating a whole different level of calories and how you're supposed to, and they're putting it in front of them, making them eat. Well, that's why their bodies change like that. <laughs> okay? We're going to something bigger. We can't do it the same. We can't. You just can't. We got to feed these guys like we're at that level so their bodies can do what it's supposed to do. I think that's the first thing you got to do, how we train. we Like, guys, we're stepping up. So you have to have the things, food. You, you got to make sure you have all the recovery stuff, okay, all the recovery stuff because it's a higher-level deal. And that's even before you even start about recruiting, okay, because if you go to Delaware and you see it's a certain way and then you come to our spot and we're three years from getting that stuff because we just joined that league, well, then we're six years behind in recruiting. Okay, you have to have what the other people have when you step up there or you're the little brother one and no one's coming. And then if they check and your food deal is, isn't as good as the best of the best, well, then I'm not coming because I'm, I'm not being put in position to be my best. So these are those are just two quick ones off the top that we don't talk about a lot. And, and then for football, like, okay, now that has to happen. The food has to happen for them first. They're going to be playing first in this. I don't do that to our kids, sending them out there, and they're eating this way and we're not eating the same type of deal because then the coaches will know we're not going to have success and the fans going to think you are and you're not going to. 
So we just have to make sure we're going into this league to try to win it. We're not going into this league to slide our way up because our fans don't want it that way. They want us up there quickly. Well, you need to make sure your stuff behind the scenes is being done on a daily. And that's the first one, how we train these kids and how we feed them has to change or we're making a mistake making a jump like this. In terms of, I'm curious about, about recruiting to the CAA. Have you had any conversations in the last week or so since it's been announced that have been any different or a different level of kid? Or do you anticipate that happening where a different level of kid or a different level of guy is reaching out to you to, to try to play here? Well, we've, we've, I, I think that's one of the things our staff, we, we find who we want and who we like. And, and all of us, I don't tell them who it has to be. They watch, I watch. Then we talk and we, we come to who, who the best people are. Um, when you walk into places and you're in a, a bigger league, the initial stuff, people are excited. Okay, we've been recruiting kids that could play in the CAA all along. Sometimes you lose to CAA schools. You know, I know it was a big deal for Malik to go to Drexel, because it was a bigger league. All right? Our team might have been better than Drexel's. But they're in a bigger league. Okay? Our arena's way nicer. <laughs> but they're in a bigger league. And you get that a lot. Well, now that we're in that league, we'll, those ones will win. But we're going to be shooting for the Atlantic 10 kids. <laughs> Thinking now we can get some of them to come because we're in the CAA. So you're always reaching. Um, but... Recruiting is relationships, and you got to go out, and even when people don't have kids for you, you have to build that relationship. So when they do have kids for you, then you can get the ones that you want to get. So I think people will, will respond well to us, but it's more because of who's calling. You know, you got J.R. Reed, Jamal Meeks calling. You know, Ricky knows everybody when I call. It just, you know, people, we have some name recognition. We have been here for a long time. People do know we've moved it up once already. Now we're getting to move it up again. A lot of coaches don't get to say that. Um, and we're a group that gets to say that. So um, just excited about all of it. <laughs> you know, we're going to keep trying to get guys that we think are high-level kids. Um, I'm sure we'll be stepping on some toes you know, because I think our stuff is better than a lot of the people in the CAA. You know, our buildings just as good, all that stuff, our location, all that stuff. So I'm, we're, we're we're humble, we're excited, but we're coming to be at the top of that league, and let's not make no mistakes about that. I'm coming, just like we said in the MAC, we're coming. All right, we're coming to be at the top. No disrespect to any schools that have been doing it. But we like challenges too. I'm excited about the CAA personally. I get do they have grown men hockey badge in the CAA? Uh, no, I'm gonna stick with that here. Okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> no, you're all good. I texted Coach the other night, and then I said, I texted him. I said that he call me, and then I was walking out the door to go play hockey, and I said, if he calls me, I'm not gonna be able to answer it, and I gotta tell him that what I'm doing. So I texted him like five minutes later and said, actually, don't call me. And the next day I heard from Coach that he couldn't call me because I was playing hockey. That's, That's my man badge on the hockey. <laughs> um, well, 
I think get a little into this weekend of hoops, and then we can wrap this one up. Uh, we got Fairfield Friday night here. Uh, obviously, like always, want to direct people to monmouthhawks.com slash tickets and, and fill the seats. We had some good crowds this weekend, especially Sunday. Brave the snowstorm, got out of their driveways, shoveled out to, to get over here and support our team and our guys, and we always appreciate that. Uh, and then we go up to Quinnipiac Sunday, always a tough place uh, tough place to play. So uh, just another weekend of, of tough Mac games on deck, Coach. And those two coaches, what about those guys? You know, Jay Young, he – Rutgers still balling well since Jay had been there. Jay was with coach up at Rutgers. Had been with him a long time. Great defensive minds working together, and now Jay has his own. Rutgers still doing great under Coach Peichel, and then one of his assistants gets to go do it, and Jay makes it to the championship last year. Um, I think COVID really, really did a dance on his team because um, they were really balling early in the year, and then they had the COVID break, and – then they lost a couple Mac games coming back and maybe even a few more. Um, and then had a tough, tough game with us. And then since then, they've won two or three. Okay, so he's going to get them back playing good ball. Um, they were playing good well enough to beat us, and uh, we were fortunate to get that win. Contrast in styles. Okay, we like to go super fast. Jay likes to make you go slow. All right. They controlled it for part of the game. Then we got it going enough to get the win. We're going to try to get them moving faster. Um, they are so solid, though. They're solid. They're, they're, they got some older kids in key positions that give you problems. And uh, and they have confidence against us because they whooped us in the tournament last year. And they probably feel like if they had all their guys, they would have whooped us this year. And now they're playing better. So hopefully we'll – Stop feeling sorry for ourselves after we lost the other day and get right back on this thing and uh, have a couple good days of practice and then play Monmouth basketball. The key will be who plays harder. Whoever plays harder is going to win the game on Friday. And I'm, I'm working on getting us to be the hardest-playing team again. It was very obvious in our early first 12 games. We'll just count them. We played harder than everybody in those games. That's why you're 10-2. Since then, human nature has grabbed us a little bit, and we're feeling ourselves like, I don't have to do it that hard. I'm nice now, and we haven't been as good. The good part is they're young guys, and we can we can hopefully get their minds back right. And then we just need a couple of good things to happen for us in a row, and I think we'll get it back. But the important thing will be to get it back in time to be playing our best ball in March. Uh, and then let's talk about Baker Dunleavy. I mean, just as a family, from what his dad did to his brother and then what Baker's doing as a coach is incredible, okay? And he's one of the sharpest, smartest, nicest guys in this business. And he's competitive, don't get me wrong. And you say these nice things about a guy and people, right. you know, he's tall, he dresses nice. That's because Jay Wright, they got them extra suits from Jay. <laughs> <laughs> he look, You know, he's a good-looking cat. He's nice. He's you know, He ain't going to yell or in a screamer. And that doesn't mean he will not whoop you, okay? He's as competitive as anyone. Um, I love how he gets down. Uh, I tell the story. He did a PowerPoint with all the ADs and our Mac meetings. And it was, 
it was just amazing. I was like, wow, Baker's really a sharp dude. I could have never did that. I probably start yelling at people, but he, he's just such a sharp guy. You just respect him so much and you want him to have success. He, he's, he's, you know, we, I, I was just with Walker this morning. That's how Walker, Walker's such a good dude and nice. That's how Baker, you want this guy to do well, you know, just cause how he gets down. So I won't want him to do well on Sunday. No. All right. Oh, and we all know up there. I just don't know. The sun don't come out or something for the Hawks up there, <laughs> but we're going to make that sun come out this year. Well, coach, I appreciate, uh, carve a little bit of time out of the middle of your week to, uh, Knock out another edition of the podcast. You know how we do, Badge. I got to get my dancing in. See, after we lost the other day, I didn't get to dance. So now I had to come dance when Scones put the jam on. Appreciate Uh-oh. everybody tuning in. Uh-oh. Coach Wright's going to start and end today with some dancing Uh-oh. Uh-oh. on the King of Badger podcast. Uh-oh. 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 I'm going to let him go. I'm going to let him go. I'm Oh, 50-50-50-50-K. Hope you got that recorded, Greg. Appreciate everybody checking out the podcast. We will see you Friday night for Fairfield right here on campus. And again, appreciate everybody checking out the King of Badger podcast. Living out a suitcase. This roadie has the time to send a bougie with the bouquet. Don't think Tatiana wanna sniff it till she blue face. It's just the doctor prescribed the numb your toothache.